Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Hey, good morning, my friends. After I, I do apologize, a bit of a clogged nose and throat here today. I was uh, working on the Beast yesterday, the 51 Chevy, and uh, I was underneath the truck running wiring through the frame rails, and there's about 70 years of Arizona dust and dirt under that truck. Afraid I ate a bit of it. Hey, a little bit of music there from Joe, Woody, the boys of the road crew. RoadCrew66.com if you need a theme song for your grand adventure on Route 66 or, well, any place. Uh, I've got a uh, great story today, kind of a haunting story. It's an unsolved mystery. And uh, of all the stories I found when I was working on the book Murder in Mayhem on the Main Street of America, Tales from Bloody 66. Of all the stories I encountered, a few I didn't include. Uh, I thought they were a little too heavy. This one has probably been the most haunting. And uh, as a result, it's one of my favorite stories that I included in the book. It's a uh, real thought-provoking story. Unsolved mysteries always pique the interest, don't they? Let's get this going. One of the largest manhunts in New Mexico history had a connection to Route 66 in Albuquerque. The disappearance remains unsolved, and more than 70 years later, it was the subject of newspaper stories, and state investigators continue to seek clues. From the perspective of the Great Depression, George Lorius, an executive with a coal and ice company in East St. Louis, Illinois, was relatively wealthy. Lorius, his wife Laura, Laura, and good friends Albert and Tilly Heber often traveled together on weekend jaunts and their vacations. In the late spring 1935, the couple set out on a grand adventure west along Route 66 with planned stops in Vaughan, New Mexico to meet with a friend and a side trip to Boulder Dam, now Hoover Dam, on their way to San Diego. Lorius, known for his attention to detail, mapped the route trip carefully and had his 1929 Nash service for the trip and outfitted with new tires. As they followed Route 66 West, postcards mailed from Miami and Sayre, Oklahoma, regaled family and friends with stories from the road. Every indication was given that the couples were enjoying a delightful holiday. On May 21, 1935, they checked into the Vaughn Hotel in Vaughn, New Mexico. The next morning, they had breakfast in the hotel's cafe, checked out, and vanished. Almost the entire state police department was eventually involved in the case. Purportedly, the FBI created a file that was nearly six feet high. New Mexico Governor Clyde Tingley 
worried about news stories' potential negative impact on tourism, posted a $1,000 reward for information leading to resolution of the mystery. He also authorized use of the National Guard to assist law enforcement agencies in the search. When some of the couple's luggage was found in a smoldering pile east of the Knob Hill area of Albuquerque, more than 100 residents volunteered to scour the area as far east as Tiaras Canyon. A few days later, more luggage was found dumped along the highway near El Paso, Texas. And again, an extensive search was launched into the surrounding desert. Then, on May 29th, Loris's badly damaged 1929 Nash was found abandoned in Dallas, Texas. The Albuquerque FBI field office assigned Albert Raymond Gare to the case. Vague clues gave hints of the course that Loris followed after Vaughn. There was a postcard mailed to the family indicating that he had followed Route 66 north from Santa Rosa and through Santa Fe to Albuquerque. Examination of his car gave no indication of a struggle or violence, but Gare did find receipts in a notebook with odometer readings in his handwriting. The last entry and receipt was from a service station in Socorro, New Mexico, south of Albuquerque, dated May 23rd. <clears throat> Ominously, travelers' checks belonging to George Lawyers with forged signatures turned up in Vaughn and again over the course of coming weeks throughout New Mexico and in Texas. Acting on a hunch, Guerre expanded the investigation along the highway from Vaughn to Socorro and west along Route 66 to the Arizona state line. The last confirmed lead came from a gas station owner in Cuamato, a town on the west side of New Mexico who identified the missing travelers from a photograph. From there, the trail went cold. During the investigation and the years that followed, thousands of leads were checked. Responding to a news story about the disappearance, Josephine Ward, a clerk at the Sturgis Hotel in Albuquerque, contacted the FBI and claimed that the couple had arrived at the hotel late on the afternoon of May 23rd, inquired about rooms, rates, and availability, and then after a discussion, thanked her and said they had decided to drive on to Gallup. There were also claims of sightings in Madrid, Grants, Gallup. Still, by July 4th, with nothing new to report, the disappearances faded from newspapers. By the end of the year, only family and Agent Gear were still looking for answers. Upon his retirement in an interview published in the Socorro Chieftain on July 31st, 1947, Gear said that his biggest regret was his inability to solve the Laureus and Herber disappearances and suggested that amateur sleuths look along U.S. 60 around Cuomodo. He said that the case has consumed 30 FBI volumes, seven years of my time as an agent, and countless pages of newspaper and magazine type. There have been hundreds of theories about what happened to the couples, but I'm convinced they were murdered and their bodies hidden within 25 miles of Cuomodo along U.S. 60. Years later, one more tantalizing clue was uncovered. 
Walter Duke, an Albuquerque real estate agent and distant relative of Loria's, who had spent his life investigating the case, held to the belief that the couple met their fate in Vaughan. He said that in 1963, an anonymous woman sent him a letter claiming that she had worked as a waitress at the cafe in the Vaughan Hotel in May of 1935, and that she was present when the victims were taken into the basement of the cafe and murdered. In 2010, the Albuquerque Journal published a two-part feature on the case and the family's ongoing search for answers. Almost 20 years later, after the lawyers and Herbert disappearances, Albuquerque and Route 66 figured prominently in another series of stories, this time about the final hours of a murderer. Share that one for you for another day. But isn't that a fascinating and haunting story? These four people disappeared without a trace. What is intrigued me more, after I wrote this book, I did some uh, little bit of digging more in the case, and apparently there were several other almost identical cases along Route 66 in Arizona and New Mexico between 1935 and 1938. All of them remain unsolved. Kind of a fascinating situation. Hey, uh, okay, let me bring you up to snuff here. Sunday morning, we're revamping and kind of restructuring a bit. Sunday morning, we are going to be having our travel programs. Wednesday mornings, 6.30, Mountain Standard Time, Wake Up With Jim. We will be doing, uh, for, for the foreseeable future, I've got quite a backlog of stories to share. We're going to be doing uh, true crime stories on Wednesday morning. So if you have an interest, uh, know your friends. Invite your friends along. Let's make it a little coffee party. We try to keep these about 15 minutes. Coffee with Jim runs to about 30 minutes. I mentioned Joe, Woody, the boys, the road crew. Great, great tunes for your road trip inspiration. Or, well, if you need a theme song for that adventure. And there's no better place to help with your uh, planning and uh, execution of a great Route 66 adventure, road trip adventure, United States or Canada then Root Trip USA. Like the folks here at Jim Hinckley's America, they taste the enchiladas, they test the pillows, just to make sure that uh, you have a memorable and unforgettable adventure. Hey, uh, while we've got everybody here, before we button this up today, first of all, how did everybody like this? Uh, was it a good, uh, you found the story interesting, I hope. Very good. Do we have any questions? that I can answer for you this morning before we uh, wrap this up. I want to thank everybody who joined us this morning. And uh, please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and interested parties. Uh, links for the programs and information about programs are posted on our website, jimhinkleysamerica.com. And we will be back Sunday morning for Coffee with Jim, our travel program. And we'll be back next week for another true crime adventure on Wake Up with Jim here on Podbean. And, of course, all of our programs are archived here. Uh, as National Road Trip Day is coming up on May 27th, we're going to kick off a new contest here pretty quick. My friends, until we meet again. Via Candios.
say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America.